0: Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian Gomez-Palacio, and welcome to episode 25 of The Follow-Up. Just 75 episodes shy of making it to 100, This week we're following up on Canal Brasil, a premium pay TV channel in Brazil that focuses on original series and films that celebrate and represent the country's culture. Canal Brasil produces some of the most relevant series in the country as well as festival award-winning films and documentaries. The project designed by Rio de Janeiro, Brazil-based Sátul design in collaboration with Pláu for Type Design and Globosat's in-house design team for Motion was posted on brand new on February 22nd, 2021. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast025, that is bit.ly slash bnpodcast025, all in lowercase. This week, we're joined by Daniel Escudero, former head of design of Tatchmoor. He has since moved on to other opportunities. Rodrigo Sayani, founder and creative director of Plau, And Camila Roque, marketing manager at Canal Brasil Global Group. In this conversation, we get to understand the need of Canal Brasil to change its perception among its audience and how the experience of chattel design in the cultural realm helped bring them in line with the internal culture of the channel we get to hear about how innocently the identity started by mixing a few type styles together, but also how it then evolved into a complex technical and design challenge masterfully met by Rodrigo and his team at Plough, who worked on a crazy quick schedule to make it happen, all while never losing sight of representing the country of Brazil. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Daniel, Rodrigo, and Camille.
1: Hello everyone, today we're going to put the fun in Funky, talking about the delightfully typographic identity created by Tatil and Plough for Canal Brasil. Camila, Daniel and Rodrigo, welcome to the follow-up.
2: Thanks Armin, great to be here. Thank you, it's a pleasure.
1: So that our listeners can identify who's who, if you can just tell us your name and title. Hi, I'm
2: Daniel Escudeiro. I'm actually former head of design at Tatil. And I was the designer as head of design who worked on this delightful project back in 2020.
3: Hi, I'm Rodrigo Saini. I'm founder and creative director at Plow. And we make type pop. That's what we do.
4: Hi, I'm Camila Roque. I'm marketing manager at Canal Brazil at Global Group. And I was the client at the project.
1: Wonderful. It's a pleasure to have you all here. I'm just going to let you know that I'm originally from Mexico, so it's really hard for me to pronounce Spanish or, in this case, Portuguese names in the natural accent when I do it in English. So I'm just going to say Rodrigo and Daniel and Camila instead of the proper way, which sounds more beautiful when all of you say it. (laughs) So let's get to it. We'll start with you, Camila. Since the majority of our listeners are in the US, can you tell us a little bit about Canal Brazil? Like what kind of programming does it have? Is it a popular channel in Brazil? And those kinds of things.
4: Canal Brazil is a pay TV channel with over 10 million subscribers. The majority of its content is Brazilian feature films, fictional documentaries. And besides that, we have an increasing numbers of series produced and screened, original TV shows presented by culture, personality. From two years to now, we started to do some fashion international film feature in the most prestigious international film festival, like films that were from Argentina or Chile or Germany. They're being screened in Coney and Berlin and Sundance or the Oscars. So sometimes we also have some international films in Canal Brazil.
1: Daniel and Rodrigo, uh, on a more personal level, what is your relationship with this channel? Is it a channel that you watched uh, often before working on this project? Did you never watch it? And I'm sure that you have, you probably have to say, oh, I watch it all the time. But no, just like (laughs) what has been your experience with that channel in the past? Canal
3: Brazil has been around since 98 and I was 16 uh, back then. And for me, the perception of that channel, which was part of like a basic pay TV, one of the first basic pay TV channels, it was very much a classic movie channel back then, right? And with this repositioning and rebranding of this channel, it became much more diverse in terms of the shows that it runs. And now it feels a little bit more like I can connect to it. I wasn't very much connected to the channel before. There were some nice stories like Larica Total, which is a hilarious TV show who was actually written by a friend of mine. And I mean, it was so good. It didn't really make me watch it in the earlier days. Unfortunately now I don't own pay TV subscriptions. I cannot see it live. But Kaka, who worked with me on the project, really loves it and watches it all the time. watch the content, but also the on-air programming.
2: I agree with was it did have a feel of playing these classic oldish, famous Brazilian films. And this is something to do with part of the problem of the perception of the channel itself, which was that it was a little bit dated, a little bit too niche, too specific to these classic, intelligent, almost hard films to, to watch sometimes i did not watch it on tv too much but i do have did have this perception of it being also very creative and experimental kind of like early ages mtv you know when they had so many crazy vignettes and takes on-air productions and and it was very free very creative almost counterculture and canal brazil also drank into this pot a little bit it had that rebellious feeling to me it was these two things being a classic uh, movie channel but also having this very energetic counterculture creative vision
1: sounds like a very interesting channel camila what led canal brazil to want to go through a redesign at this point in its history
4: beginning of 2019 we had a new director that's when I became a marketing manager responsible for all the communication and branding strategy. We did a big research middle 2019, Rio and Sao Paulo with interviews on site. We had a lot of insights there The things we needed to change in order to increase our audience, get closer to them. That's what they said, Rodrigo and Dani said, people felt kind of They felt like Canal Brazil was too educational, too maybe old, only old movies. They had this vision and we knew that we had this feeling, but we proved that when we did the research. The result was really rich and gave us tools to a lot of decision making we needed. Changing schedule grid, the way we communicated with the public, and then we decided it was time to do the rebranding. It was a, a long process and very, very rich process.
1: For reference, when was the last time that Canal Brazil had gone through something like this?
4: In the 22 years? Never. We had changed a little bit the, the logo, but never been to a, a rebranding, like defining territories, purpose.
1: Yeah, so it was about time. Daniel, how did Tattoo get involved?
4: So Tattoo has kind of, I believe
2: it has the perception in Brazil of being a very creative agency that has a history of developing and dealing with projects that have some sort of cultural relevance in our scene. Perhaps the biggest project that Tacho has undertaken was the identity, the logo for the 2016 Olympics. That was a huge project and it did have a very strong, very positive reaction. And it was very deeply rooted in our cultural interpretation of Brazil, of Brazilianness, and also different projects. I actually talked to Camila before to understand what happened behind the scenes there for them to choose TATIO. But I understand it was a decision based on market options. I understand it made sense for them to go with TATIO because of our history of dealing with projects of such cultural significance, I guess.
1: And Camila, did you consider other firms or was Tattoo the only one or your preferred one? A little bit more behind the scenes, if you don't mind.
4: I talked to over four or five different agencies from Rio and Sao Paulo. By the time I decided for Tattoo, I was 100% sure it was the best choice. We had a lot of talks, Fred Jelly, the CEO of Tattoo, was really close to us in these early talks. And during the whole process, he fell in love with the project. I talked to a lot of agencies, but Tatchu was close to us. And we decided that Tatchu was perfect for the history and in the talks we had. And also because they were really close to us, physically close. It allowed us to work really together, you know. Us, Canal Brazil, the marketing, my team, uh, we had our in-house agency, that's how we say, our publicity agency that does our plots in, is in-house, is a, a group Global. The team was in the process during the whole time also, and that It was important for us to have this exchange of information and, and thoughts and discussions.
2: One curious thing about this the ongoing of the project is that the coronavirus madness happened right kind of in the middle of it. So... It was physically closed and that way we could and did have many physical meetings and workshops. And right there, they were sometimes 30 people in the room and it was actually the last big meetings that I have had as a professional before the Corona madness. Good times, good times when we could meet
3: like this. I actually refused to go to a meeting with the whole team at the Global Sachi and with the Tachi team. Because it was exactly at the moment where things were going to close. And I was really worried about my kids and my wife was pregnant at the time. I was like, guys, I love you so much. I want to do this project like my life depends on it because it does. But I cannot go to this meeting. Can we do this on a Zoom call? And it was really not a very, you know, standard thing to do. And they went with it, which was super nice of them
4: we had like two different phases of the project we had like a strategy phase that was 2019 i don't remember when like september do you remember then later late 2019 a lot of meetings and workshops and discussions and talk and was really rich was like taking the brand to therapy you know we would bring people from canal brazil from programming, from digital, from financial, everybody talking about the project. And then we had a second phase that was after the main logo was approved by the board. We started to do the whole design thing to develop the on-air. And one designer was in Portugal. Everything we approved was by Zoom. We did the whole changing the on-air Everybody in their houses, I didn't see anybody during the whole process. It was, it was challenging.
1: <laughs> Daniel, turning back to what Camila was mentioning about those initial meetings in 2019, what were some of the findings that came out of that initial strategy phase that then started to inform the design?
2: By the time I got in, there was already a ton of findings to, to understand what kind of Brazil wanted and where they wanted to move from what kind of difference in terms of perception, public perception they were striving for. And then we took a very long look at all of the graphic and visual, not identities, but the graphic and visual exploration that the Canal Brazil has done over its many years. And that's why I say we had that feeling of being very rebellious, early MTV looked like, because they did have all of this. They had extremely experimental highbrow hand animation, 2D hand animation styles mixed with early 3D stuff and lots of stuff with type, with animated type. In the beginning, we had that feeling, two things, okay? There's the movements that the brand wants to, to make, to take in terms of perception, and then this very rich, very elastic history that they had themselves in terms of experimentation and their expressions, really. Very challenging, but very fun starting point for us.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there was a lot of material to work from, to move forward with. So Camila, did you have something in mind that you wanted to achieve based on all these findings, some kind of guidance that you gave Tatchel to start with? Or was it more like, all right, good luck, <laughs> here's all this stuff, you figure it out.
4: Like we said, it was a big process and we started from the sh- stretch. We had this goal of to get closer to the audience with the new brand, we knew that we were seen as old, as cold, to cold, only for really smart people in educational. Sometimes people would confuse us with TV Brazil, which is a public television. We need to get some distance from all the TVs that were focused in education and cultural subjects, really cultural subjects. We needed to rejuvenate the brand, to reinforce the image that we were a TV channel that is entertaining, a reflection of Brazil, like a fun and cultural Brazil, far from the educational TV. So I think that was the main goal, to rejuvenate and to reinforce the entertaining image.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a good brief to start from. Rodrigo, we're going to get to you. I know you're quiet and you're sitting there, but at some point you're going to be the one answering all the questions. Before we get to you, I have one more question for you, Daniel. Um, how did you first arrive at the idea of a multi-style typeface that would extend into everything from the logo to all the identity?
2: This process was so rich. It's funny, uh, people tend to view this from a variable font technology only point of view. And of course, it's there. But to me, it's actually much more of an exercise in combining type. And that's how it kind of began for me in terms of the exploration. The early studies were more in terms of the identity and on-air basic scenes and styles and more than the logo itself. We were mixing typefaces and combining stuff, which is kind of a natural path. But then things started to get really interesting when these type combinations began to happen Inside words. In one main title, we would have sometimes three or four different fonts coexisting. And then I remember in the early beginning, people inside, we would kind of join our team, and some people would look at it in Tacho, and immediately they would be like, it looks really cool, but it's absurdly difficult to recreate for somebody else to kind of work on this identity. And I was like, oh, yes, of course, it's not practical at all. So that's kind of how it started, which was a very careful, very thorough look in combining type, which is something I really much enjoy doing in kind of experimenting and studying. There's actually an interesting story as well regarding that first pitch, which is when we pitched the first logo, this variable logo and a little bit of an idea for the variable typography, all animated in After Effects because nothing was done as actual variable font files yet so it was a lot of work to just show anything in that sense but then we showed the first logo and it didn't have all of the stylistic variants that it later come to have although we were already wanting to make them but because of a matter of time constraints just you know manpower we didn't have the logo with lots of stylistic variants and then i remember the client They really liked that pitch, I mean, they chose that one, the typography, but I remember they came back kind of asking to see a more toned-down version of the logo, which did not have style variants, which would only have the width uh, variations. What we thought was, oh, okay, they're not seeing the full potential yet, so what we brought back to them was the exact opposite from what they asked in this case, which was to bring back the logo with a lot more variants and a lot more type styles and type individual glyphs for us to make really lots of versions. And then they were like, oh, okay, now we're really on board with it. And then, of course, it was a very picky time of choosing the individual actual lockups of the logo. But it was fun to see that we kind of really strive to push it to its full potential and the client got 100% on board with it. (laughs) That was the fun part of the process.
1: Camila, let's hear your side of the story because it sounds like uh, they should have gotten fired from doing the opposite of what you asked. The question would be like, what was your reaction to the first round of design ideas?
4: Yeah, we kind of like it from the beginning. I remember the first time they showed, we were like, okay, that's really new. That's really different. But then we just love it. It was kind of exactly what we knew we needed, but we, we couldn't ever thought about it. You know, when you you think you know you need something, but you don't really know what. When they show to us, we we're like, "Whoa, okay, that's all we we needed to say without saying."
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we often joke that oh, the worst clients are the ones that they don't know what they want until they see it. But then sometimes when that does happen and you show them something great, they're like, oh, I didn't know that that's what I wanted. Thank you for showing me that. And let's move on with that. It sounds like diverging from the feedback a little bit, Daniel, paid off.
4: The really interesting thing that happened, it was like, we got that. They showed us the design and we were like, whoa. Uh, we started to present, to show to the board members. We showed to one board on person. And then it was like Zoom presentation to the board. I was the one presenting the brand alongside with Fred Jelly, the CEO of Tattoo. And the board members and seeing the reaction, it was so rewarding because I think the sensation I had is that we were like in this creative bubble, this extremely wild and authentic where we were allowing ourselves to be whatever we wanted. And then we kind of get out of this bubble and go to real life and show to the board and everybody loved it. We were like, okay, that was good. Yes, okay, it was worth it. All the path we had, all the trouble, all the discussion, all that, it was really, really awesome.
1: Sometimes you're so deep into the process that everything seems to make sense to you and you're excited, but when you bring in someone with an outside perspective and you get that positive reaction, I'm sure it felt good, especially with something that It is pretty different and pretty unique and wild in a relative way to other TV channels. So, Rodrigo, how did you officially come into the project? What was the initial direction that you got? Just get us started on your side of the story.
3: So estimates were okayed and everything was set for the work. And I saw Daniel's presentation to the client, to Canal Brasil, and I was like amazed by the sheer diversity of styles. Daniel is a superhero. He can make any type look beautiful. It's been a long time since I wanted to work with him on a project, and by the time everything was okay, I was super excited to dig in. We kind of pretty much got it going because we didn't have that much time to have things done. It was pretty much three months until delivery dates, and that was really stressed out by the project manager and everybody at Canal Brasil. So we pretty much got right to it. Like Daniel had a very unclean to say the least panel of like an illustrator file with all the letters that he designed and tweaked from different typefaces. And we couldn't start from those. We could be inspired by that, but not copy that literally or copy curves from that. You know, it's just not okay. So we got that inspiration. And we tried and we started with the most neutral version of the typeface and then that was the starting point for that from the neutral grotesque looking sense then we built upon and made it work so it's very much getting your hands dirty making things work trying to put a little bit of our own twist to it one of our key contributions would be the counter shapes of the neutral versions of the typeface which has more squarish counters, inspired by Ziraldo, who used a lot of Ad Lib, which is a big ITC, if I believe, uh, typeface from the 80s, and he used it all over the place, big stories using that. And we tried to make it a little bit of a feature in the typeface. And we had a blast just looking at the references that Daniel brought, so it was a delight to work on this project.
1: Because you ended up with six different styles. Did you explore other styles that didn't make it into the final? We
3: did. We didn't have a lot of room to experiment on wacky, totally different ones. We had to filter down some. In the end, we have six masters, right? So six main designs. But within each design, you have like kind of maybe seven or eight different styles within it. One is more like Cooper Black style version. The other is more like very Latin serif with a triangular shape. These things, they are styles within styles. In the end, we actually designed way more styles than just the six masters that the typeface needs. I think that was it. We didn't have that much room to experiment since time was of the essence, but it was already very rewarding to work on those. And just to make them from scratch, getting our own hands on it you know like making something that was inspired by that but making it in our own hand already was enough inspiration and work
4: it was an amazing job it was really fast they did this huge work in
3: one month to do everything i don't remember rodrigo three months It was three months and we worked on a beta beta schedule. Every week or every other week we would send... There was a team behind at Canal Brasil and the animator who was located in Portugal who had to make sense of the whole thing so that it would work in animation. So that it would work just making the whole graphic package. So there was a technical challenge of getting this to them so that it could do the work to make, you know, actions on After Effects, like really nerdy stuff, because many software, many animation software just don't have support for variable fonts. The challenge was to prototype fast so that we could learn with them on the process on how to make this work technically, and then to see if they need the whole thing done before they can actually get to their part of the work, or if we could do things in spurts say like all the basic uppercase in this single style and then they could take it from there but because it was so many different paths like really vector points and different styles for example if you take a letter A there would be like two or three different versions of the letter A and the neutral style would have to look the same but the stylish styles they would have many different vector points, design the basic ones, design the crazy ones, and then go back and forth to just add the, plot the vector points so that it would animate. This was a lot of work on the channel identity and branding animation part, but it was really interesting to see what they did, a little bit of nerve-wracking to see. Are they going to use it as we intended it to? Are they going to take advantage of the technology? And in the end, they did an amazing job with it.
1: I was going to eventually ask about the whole motion graphics, because I do know and have seen a lot of the global motion work, and it's amazing. It's great to hear about how you had to work with them, especially in such a fast schedule, and how that worked out. So another part of that question is for you, Daniel, were you also relying on Rodrigo's work to continue what what the identity would look like and start to develop a visual language?
2: I was very much in the process of reviewing what they were bringing in terms of new styles. Because again, for me, more than this whole super complex exercise in designing a variable font is combining types. So it has to look Even though all of the styles are very different between each other, it has to have a cohesive feel. I remember I read someone on your blog review in Brand New said, oh, I see chaos. And then somebody replied, I see controlled chaos. And I loved reading that because that's exactly how I feel. It was kind of a controlled chaos. It's not chaotic. So there was a very fine tuning in terms of which styles did not come in at all. If you look at it with a fresh pair of eyes, you feel like wow, they did not make choices at all. They just threw whatever they could draw in here. But that was
1: definitely not the case. I think control chaos seems like a good philosophy for the whole project. So you have the typeface, you have the motion work, you have the identity work, you put it all together, it comes out great, at least you know from my point of view, and you release it into the world. What is the reaction from the public like? And I don't know if in Brazil it's like in the US, where if there's a mainstream logo redesign or brand redesign, everybody complains about it, even if they don't care about logos. What was the reaction like in Brazil?
4: We had a lot of doing social media saying good things about it. And of course, we always had someone say, Oh, I like the old one better. But overall, we had a lot of people saying good things about it the team, the board. And people saying to us, even inside Global, other channels or other people that work with us. But in social media, most people were thinking, wow, this is so different. They're so bold to do. That's so Canal Brazil, especially the people that knew the brand a little bit more deeply. You know, it's kind of for me, the brand is kind of. Exactly like our personality, you know, our brand personality became our logo.
1: It gave the identity and logo gave voice to what you already knew was in there. It just hadn't come out and flourished, I guess.
4: Yeah, like we had that written, what we want to be, what we stand for, what we're doing here in Brazil in this business, what we want to do, what our programming is. And the logo came and, like, okay, that's it.
2: I remember talking to Camila a while after we delivered everything, and then the whole thing went actually on air on the TV, and then we started seeing people talking about it and commenting and posting, you know, videos. That, I mean, that this thing started to surface in many places because, again, it's not like Canal Brazil was the, you know, big guy in the block, the popular guy, but it appears we were doing with it. Was really making it as cool as it should be perceived as because it's super awesome. I mean, really, in terms of our audio, visual, and cinematic culture, Canal Brazil co produces most of the films that we will see later, uh, you know, being nominated for the Oscars or winning these major international awards independently of awards, stuff like this that builds on our cultural productions and makes cinematic creators have actually a home. So, I mean, it was such a, a heartfelt project in terms of this is really special for us in terms of country, really, in terms of, you know, nation and also in terms of looking at where we could take this channel that, you know, wasn't too sexy, but we really wanted to make it shine and make it funky and make it really interesting and resonate with lots of different cultures. Most of what I have read or heard really were majorly positive uh, reactions from it. So not just from the client side, from the the actual people who are watching it, who are the ones we actually want to, you know, win over. I have a tendency to believe that it really hit home and it was very well received.
3: Might I add to that just the biggest favorite part of this project for me was to see the bird controlling the typeface, the TV. I kind of like that image sums up Brazil, like the whole channel idea. The fact that you can actually see things in a very optimistic and nice way. I just love that bird controlling the typeface. There wasn't a better equalizer to what a, a typeface could do.
1: That's great. Actually, my last question was, what was the most exciting aspect of working on this identity? And you have both answered that question. I can clearly see that you both are pretty passionate. Now, Camila, for you, what was the most exciting aspect of working on this project?
4: It was a huge project for me. From the beginning to the end was a project that I wanted to do for a long time. I was always trying to convince the director of Canal Brazil to go for it. So it was really rich, it was really intense. We got to develop the whole market strategy, the communication of Canal Brazil. And by the end, to have a logo that was so consonant, how do you say that? It was really exactly everything you wanted to say. So I'm super proud of what we did and really, really happy with this project. It was like a baby being born
1: (laughs) i think there's a lot to be proud here and you know i think the identity is something that could almost only come from brazil like it's not a channel that could exist in the us not even in europe there's a richness and a loudness in a good way and a vibrancy to it and the textures and even the bird like there's something there is something about that bird torrigo that makes it special I do think going through the process, through the pandemic, through the strategy, through the tight deadlines, working all that magic of the variable typeface into motion, that all paid off. And I think it is a wonderful project. I want to thank you all three for sharing your time with me today. And thank you so much for being on the follow-up.
2: Thanks, Armin. Thank you so much. I loved it. It was a pleasure.
0: More often than not, when a client provides a specific bit of feedback, it's our job, and in our best interest, to provide a solution that satisfies the request. In this instance, however, the team at Tattle did the opposite of what was requested. They had a strong belief in their idea and were confident that they could explain and visualize it better instead of abandoning it only to satisfy the client's request. As it turned out, It was in the best interest of the project that they respectfully rebelled in a way that improved the project and set it on its course to become so vibrant, rich, and diverse. So now you have a president to point to for those times when you need to answer feedback the quote-unquote wrong way. Proceed with caution, though. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there.